Welcome back to the show. You are listening to Talking Your Way to Change, the podcast that educates you about optimal mental health and psychotherapy. I am the host, Dr. Banker, and I'm coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank all of you listeners who have been coming on this journey with me. I am now venturing into the second season. This has been a profound learning journey as I learned to navigate the podcasting industry. Although it has been challenging, connecting with other mental health specialists and diving into the psychological research allows me to fill my own cup. If you are enjoying Talking Your Way to Change, thanks for tuning in. Please consider subscribing to the show. Subscribing is one of the ways for me to reach broader audiences. Also, if you think the content is worthwhile, share it with a friend. I am practicing my social media skills, and you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm going to talk about wabasabi love, the ancient art of finding perfect love in imperfect relationships. I thought I would create an episode this week that dealt with the topic of love, since it's so close to Valentine's Day. It will also give everyone a break from the topic of anxiety, which I have been speaking about for weeks. Wabasabi love as a practice is not something that is found in the psychological research. However, if you practice it, it will change your your psychology or the way in which you view the world and the people that you love. Often, when we are in relationships, we are quick to find faults, imperfections, annoyances in our partners. Wabasabi love is the ancient art of finding perfect love in imperfect relationships. It's about growing your own heart to shift your perception and consciousness about the things that you wish that were different about your partner. Instead of wishing to change some aspect of your partner that you find lacking or annoying, perhaps you wish they were more fastidious, passionate, outgoing, a better driver, a cook, a dresser. Whatever these imperfections are, you turn them on your on their head and you start to actually appreciate these precise attributes as important aspects of the totality of the person that you love. Wabasabi love is a practice that stems from the ancient Japanese aesthetic of finding beauty in imperfection. I first read Wabasabi Love by Ariel Ford a few years ago, and I just have to say that I love this author. She writes a lot about um, finding love and really challenging people's beliefs about um, what they're looking for in a partner and how they can better find one. Anyway, back to Wabasabi. Wabi and Sabi refer to a mindful approach to everyday life. Over time, their meanings have overlapped and converged until they were unified into wabasabi, defined as the beauty of things, imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. I love this idea of beauty. I'll say it again. Wabasabi is defined as the beauty of things, imperfect, impermanent, and incomplete. I think that we can all agree that we are not perfect. However, so much of our Western culture is based on striving to have a perfect external appearance. 
so that we can be seen as beautiful. What would it be like if you could not only embrace the reality that our bodies and our hearts and our minds are imperfect? If we could embrace that our relationships, despite our deepest desires, are imperfect and impermanent, and we were all delightfully incomplete, striving to grow and develop, We have the power to perceive beauty and aesthetics of the world through our own ideologies. Wabasabi philosophy is about having an altered state of consciousness that we can see beauty in the mundane and simple. It means that we see beauty in the buds of new flowers just as much as we see beauty in the dried up decay of flowers past their bloom. It sees beauty in the cracks of vases and the wrinkles of a face because these things show the transience of all things. Wabasabi love is to love what is natural and pure to acknowledge the beauty of any substance in its most natural and raw form. It eliminates the Western concept of artificial beauty and idolizing the unachievable, the unsustainable, and the more and more refined of a natural state of beauty. If you live in Minnesota, like I do, you will have plenty of time to appreciate the foliage and non-bloom form. It feels like winter here is a timeout. If you're a gardener, you definitely experience fatigue by the fall and you welcome the break in foliage. It does remind us that life is transient. Perhaps if we viewed our annoyances or disappointments of our partner's habits as transient, we would experience more joy. We know from the psychological research from the Gottmans that each couple will have between, I think it's like six and 10 perpetual arguments, conflicts that they will never resolve and that they will live with. And maybe this is by design. We are attracted to people who are different from us. They go about their lives differently. And in this difference, we can lead with irritation. Or is this an opportunity for us to have curiosity and humor? I'm not saying that this is easy. It's not easy. But it is a choice that we could make every day. We could decide to appreciate our partners despite their annoyances. We don't decide to remove trees in the yard because it's winter and they're bare and barren and without color, except the pine trees or the evergreens. We appreciate trees even in their dormancy. The tree's metabolism and energy consumption and growth all slow down significantly in order to endure the harsh season of winter. Water and sunlight are more scarce. We could choose to love our partners even when our perception of them becomes stagnant. It's really easy to love your partner when you're holding the admiration you have for them in sight. But if one of the purposes of life is to love, then we must love them even when we find them less than. So how can we practice Wabasabi love? Ariel Ford offers us a few examples in her book, Wabasabi Love, The Ancient Art of Finding Perfect Love in Imperfect Relationships. So here we go. Here's a few. Well, instead of spending hours thinking up strategies or arguments 
for why your partner's behavior or annoying habit is driving you crazy, is disrespectful to you or distasteful, start to see it as a true expression of who they are. If he or she is constantly leaving the cap off the toothpaste, you have a few options. One, you remain miserable silently and feel resentful, or you may argue and stay miserable. Or maybe you'll open the drawer one day and the cap will be on the toothpaste because your partner will no longer be there, whether they are no longer living or choosing not to live with you. So instead of those options, what would it be like if you screwed the cap back on the toothpaste and saw it as an opportunity during that day to appreciate and love your partner? You are changing your perception from annoyance of the behavior to appreciation for the totality of your partner. Here is an exercise you can complete by yourself. You could ask these questions. How many more times am I willing to allow this situation to annoy me? What payoffs do I get by finding fault in my partner? Where did I learn to be so annoyed by another person's behavior? Okay. Here's another powerful exercise that she lays out in her book. And this is about identifying a hobby, a passion, or an activity that your partner loves that you have yet to embrace. If the key to your relationship happiness could be influenced by learning to love and support the things your partner loves, what would it be? Most times when you do this practice, you will be surprised that you will find something in a partner's hobby that you did not initially appreciate, that you appreciate. I can give you an example. So for a few years ago, when I read this book, I decided that perhaps I was going to take a new attitude about watching football with my husband. And what I learned was a few things. It was very interesting. One, I really enjoy now cooking different types of chicken wings before football games and celebrating in that way. And really, in reality, I think my husband just wanted to cozy up on the couch and take a nap together. So that was kind of a relief. And that he just was so appreciative of my enthusiasm for football, knowing that it really wasn't my cup of tea. Anyway, now I look forward to the football season in a way that I have never before in my life. So this Valentine's Day, don't look for a perfect gift to buy your partner. Look for a way to grow your heart. When the Japanese mend broken objects, they aggrandize the damage by filling the cracks with gold. They believe that when something's suffered damage and has a history, it becomes more beautiful. Barbara Bloom. Thanks for joining us this week on Talking Your Way to Change. You can also visit our Facebook page. You can subscribe to the show on Anchor or iTunes so that you never miss an episode. If you found value in this show, we would appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or you could just simply tell a friend. I need to alert everyone that this podcast is not meant as a substitution for mental health treatment. So although the podcast deals with psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker.